Good morning, Forest Baptist Church, and welcome to this worship service at the church gathered at Forest Baptist. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 8 for our call to worship this morning, coming from Psalm the 8th chapter. In the sufficient, inerrant, infallible word of God reads as such. This is the word of God. Please hear the voice of Christ. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the fields, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. If you would, pray with me this morning. Indeed, O God, we declare right now, O Lord, our Lord, the one who is transcendent but yet eminent, the one who reigns in the heavenly realm, yet you rule and reign within the hearts of your people. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. How mighty is your name? How powerful is your name? There is no other name that is supreme. There is no other name that is greater. And for that, this morning, dear God, we say thank you. Thank you for your power, because through your power, you protect, you provide, and you reign supreme. We thank you for how you even kept watch over us as we slept. And through your your power, we woke, and through your power, you provided for us throughout this past week. Through your power, you protected us, and it's through your power that you have provided so great a salvation through Jesus Christ and him alone. And upon this morning, dear God, as we prepare our hearts for worship, I pray that by your power, you would pour out your Holy Spirit, and that we would worship you in spirit and in truth, and that you would... Uh, receive all of the glory and honor that is worthy of your name. Worthy is your name of praise from us today. So, Father, whatever various issues of life may have been upon our back, whatever may have been on our mind even this morning, Father, I pray that we can cast our cares upon you right now because by your power you have promised to be We thank you, O God, for your love, for your mercy, and for your mighty grace. We ask your blessings to be upon us this day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. If you turn me down just a little bit more in the mains, would you still be able to pick pick up in in Roxio? O Lord, our Lord. Let's see. Good morning, Forrest. 
please pray with me. Gracious and eternal Father, we pause to acknowledge your faithfulness, your mercy, and your grace. And we pause to acknowledge our desperate need for you and for your word this morning. Father, I ask that as we uh, enter into the, the, the preaching moment, that you would indeed speak, and that as your humble servants, that we would listen. Father, I ask that we would not only be hearers of your word, but we would be doers of your word. That we would receive your word this morning with joy and gladness. That we would be intentional in our pursuit of you. And I, and I pray, oh God, that you would please give us a, a deep hunger and thirst for righteousness. Please give us a, a, a spirit uh, that w- will provide spiritual wisdom and understanding that we would walk worthy of the calling with which you have called us by. Father, I pray that as your word goes forth, it would destroy uh, yokes and, and strongholds and, and that your word would indeed set the captives free today. Set us free, O oh God to worship you, to serve you, to obey you, to be used of you for your kingdom purposes, to make much of Christ in this world. Father, I pray that your word will go forth in a, in a mighty way and, and transform hard hearts, that someone today will cry out to Jesus, asking what must they do to be saved. And Father, I ask that you would... Use me, thy humble servant, to preach prophetically your word. May you give me clarity of thought and precision of speech, accuracy in how we walk through the text this morning, dear God. Pray that you will glorify yourself in and through all that we think, say, and do. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, again, welcome. It is great to be with you, and I pray that uh, you had a, a week that uh, was, was blessed by the Lord. Uh, the fact that you even with us this morning it, uh, testifies to the fact that you have been blessed by the Lord. Uh, but as we enter into worship this morning and we look at the text and that we're going to be in, I just want to ask uh, one question of you this morning. And I want to begin by asking, has there ever been a time in your life where someone fooled you into thinking that they were someone they really weren't? You know, uh, in, in our lives, there's times where we may think we have a friend and then that person fools us and betrays us. We may think we have uh, a good deal, or that salesperson is really taking care of us, but they fool us. Uh, it may have been a relationship or whatever, but, but just think to a time where you were fooled into believing someone was something they really weren't. You know, when it comes to relationships, uh, one of the, the modern-day terms, uh, the modern words that they use to kind of describe someone being fooled by someone else that uh, they really aren't who they say they are, is that term that is called uh, to be catfished. This term catfish is, is when someone creates an online persona 
and that really doesn't match up to who they really are. So that person may have a persona that be outgoing, flashy, fun, beautiful, but really they're, they're nothing like who they say they are. Or maybe they're, they're just given a persona that is completely false in order that you won't be able to track down who they really are. But, but when people do these things, they may do it for various reasons. They may do it just because they enjoy the intention. They just want some to be fawning after them, someone to chase after them, someone to, to, to make them feel good about themselves. Or maybe it be, it's because they're, they're looking to scam a person, to take their money, to, to take something from them, to, uh, to, 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 to reap a reward for themselves very selfishly. There's a number of reasons why people may do this. Uh, but you know what? The, the unfortunate uh, s- situation in these circumstances is that a lot of times the victims of this deceit and deception, they really are taken in because they have ignored the warning signs. Their desire is to have what they uh, imagine so badly that they're willing to look past all of the, the warning signs, all of those things that would have have, have, have shown them that this person is not real or this person is really not working in your best interest. So on one side, a person, we can, we can be fooled by somebody else deceiving us, but then sometimes in our own lives, we want things so badly that we can even deceive ourselves. Looking past the warning signs. But you know, spiritually speaking, Jesus warns his, his hearers of being catfished in the text that we're even going to see this morning. He is warning his hearers to be careful not to be fooled by others and not to be fooled by yourselves because you want something so badly. You and I can become so set on what we want that we ignore the warning signs of life that leads to the way of destruction. Last time we were together, we We're in Matthew 7, and we saw how Jesus was laying out for his audience the the two roles available in life. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate and take the the, the narrow road that leads to life. But then there's another uh, pathway. There is the the wide gate and the the easy way that actually leads to destruction. And Jesus is is laying out this, this choice of these two roles in response to his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is laying out a way of life that is concerned primarily about your internal righteousness. He's really just talking about what it means to be a genuine Christian. Someone who is not concerned about looking the part on the outside like the scribes and the Pharisees. But Jesus is is laying out a way of life that is more concerned about uh, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, a a way of life that is more concerned about pursuing him above everything else, no matter what anyone else thinks. And And he comes to this last chapter in his sermon, and now he's saying, now how will you respond to the choices I've given you? He has given two roads, the road that leads to life or the road that leads to destruction, 
But today, Jesus, he offers another choice. And when we think about the, the choices that Jesus offering, he, it, it, it is always founded in how we will take his word. What will we do with it? One author puts it this way. Jesus keeps on emphasizing the vital principle that the gospel is not just something to be listened to or to be applauded, but ever to be applied. Today, Jesus instructs his listeners to choose not between two roles, but between two teachers. If you will turn with me this morning to Matthew, the seventh chapter. We'll be looking at verses 15 through 23. Matthew, the seventh chapter, verses 15 through 23. And if you would, in honor of the reading of God's word, please stand with us as we read God's word this morning. Matthew, the seventh chapter, verses 15 through 23. And the word of God reads, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the tree that the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me you workers of lawlessness. May the Lord a blessing to the reading of his word. i just like to place a tag upon this morning's text of the, uh, the choice is yours. Choose your teacher. Choose your teacher. See, in the text this morning, Jesus, he gives two uh, warnings uh, that are actually one and the same. And Jesus is basically saying, don't be fooled. Don't, don't be fooled by what's going on around you. Don't, don't be fooled about what others are saying, and don't be fooled by yourself thinking and, 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 and doing what you want to do. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by others, and don't be fooled by yourselves. And, and when you think about this warning from Jesus, you can uh, quickly ask, like, why would Jesus give this particular warning? And Jesus gives this warning because uh, danger was not only coming in the future as they walked with Jesus and, and obeyed his commandments, but danger was already present. The danger already present was the danger uh, of the, the scribes and the Pharisees and their teaching. The scribes and the Pharisees, the religious teachers of the day, they were presenting a way of life totally dependent upon one's own ability. One's own ability to, to look religious, to, to look the part, to, to play the part, to, to have everyone around them thinking that they were actually more than what they really were. Jesus is saying, don't be fooled. 
into that way of life. The danger was present then, but that danger is even present now in our own lives. As we go about our daily lives, as, as, as some of us are, are seeking to be faithful, as some of us want to be associated with Jesus and want to be associated with the church of God, it is easy for us to play the part on the outside, and we want people to think we're more spiritual than what we really are that we're uh, more knowledgeable in the Scriptures than what we really are. So, so we, we put this front in front of everyone else, so this, this, this existential reality is what they see, but they really don't see us. And we're guilty then, and we're guilty now. But what was taking place from the scribes and the Pharisees is that uh, their false teaching was actually perpetrated as being from God. And this this false teaching also gave a false comfort to those who carried out a performance based upon religion. This is what's happening in the text this morning. So those listening uh, uh, to Jesus' words, they they would have to choose who, who would they believe? Which teacher would they follow? Would they follow Jesus uh, the, 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 the infinitely wise rabbi, or, or, or would they follow the scribes and the Pharisees? They would need to choose which teacher. They would need to choose between uh, two different messages, one ending in the road of life in heaven, or one leading to the way of death in hell, separated from the goodness of God. What Jesus is doing in the text, he, uh, with these warnings, again, uh, he's finishing up by saying, pay attention to what I've said and, and beware. But, but he's doing this to encourage us not to be led astray by any sense of false righteousness. Don't, stop clothing yourself in false righteousness. It is actually harder to clothe yourself in false righteousness than it is just to be who God has, has, has transformed you from the inside out to be once you come into a relationship with him. He wants you to walk this relationship out. And here the big idea in these two uh, pericopes, uh, these two passages, is the fact that you will avoid the dangers of deception if you believe and obey the words of Jesus. Simple as that. You will avoid the dangers of deception if you believe and obey the words of Jesus. If we uh, had a summary statement, basically, don't be fooled, be a follower of Jesus. The first thing that Jesus warns in this text, and I want us to look at, is the fact that uh, Jesus warns, beware of false prophets. In verses 15 through 20, Jesus lays out a scenario that, that there will be a time where false prophets, those who, who claim to be from God, those who claim to be his followers will come in and they will deceive and they will distract and they will end up destroying. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Don't be, fu- don't be fooled by those who come in. And, and what, what Jesus is doing now, he is contrasting between true and false prophets. When we look throughout the scriptures, biblically, a, a true prophet was one who spoke specifically on behalf of God. One who had a divine commission 
and a divine message. The role of a prophet throughout the scriptures was twofold, both to foretell. When we think about a prophet, oftentimes that's what we think about, one who can tell the future or, or what's about to happen. So the responsibility of a prophet was to be able to foretell events that were coming because God gave him that word, but then also not only to foretell, but to foretell, to tell forth the word of God. Thus saith the Lord, Israel, this is what God wants of you. This is what God expects of you. When we think about prophets, we think about the likes of Moses, Amos, Isaiah, Jeremiah, We think about uh, Jonah, Ezekiel. We think about those uh, who came on the scene in order to, to be a voice for the Lord amongst the people. So when you think about those uh, prophets of, of, of yesterday, we, we need to think about of, of who those potential prophets could be in our day, those, those, those pastors, those evangelists, those teachers those who stand up and say, this is a word from God. But praise be to God that we can actually verify a true prophet because uh, someone who is, who is speaking prophetically, who is speaking the word of God, we, we now have the uh, ability to look into the word of God and to see if that matches. This is part of the requirements of, of the Old Testament prophets In Deuteronomy, the 13th chapter, if you want to turn with me, Deuteronomy, the 13th chapter, uh, in verses 1 through, through 3, we see that there is this, uh, uh, this standard that a prophet needs to live by. Deuteronomy 13, verse 1, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives a sign or a wonder, and the sign or, or wonder that he tells you comes to pass... So first, in order for someone to be considered a prophet in the Old Testament is whatever they speak come to pass. It is true. But notice the second part. It's not just getting future events correct, but it's in a context that still esteems the word of God. And if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So God is saying that prophets uh, in Scripture, they would, they would be able to speak what, what is going to happen because God gave them the word. That is a part of their confirmation. But then secondly, that whatever word that they spoke needed to be in line with what God has already said. There was no new saying from God that would direct them contrary to what God has already given them. God is not like man that he should lie. God doesn't flip-flop. God does, he's not double-minded. God is immutable. When he says uh, something to us, we can bank upon uh, listening and obeying that through and through. This was a requirement of those prophets. And what Jesus is warning in the text before us today is that there will be those who come and say they are from God, but they're really not from God. And we're going to have to make sure we know how to determine that they're not from God. Uh, we see similar warnings to this uh, throughout the New Testament. One such warning we find in the book of Acts. 
as Paul is getting ready to leave the, the church in Ephesus and he, he, he's spending time with the elders and he's been encouraging them. And, and, he, and he gives them gives them this farewell message because he knows he's not coming back. In Acts, the 20th chapter, verses 28 through 31, the Apostle Paul says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. And watch this. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. What Paul Paul is saying is that there are going to be individuals, not just those from the outside coming in, but even those from within who desire not to point everyone to Jesus, but they want to point people to their own selves. They want their own following. They want their own glory. This is the same sin that, that Lucifer fell into. He wanted God's glory. And, 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 and instead of pointing people to Jesus, these people would raise up and begin to draw people to them. Those are the false prophets. And that warning that uh, Paul gave to the elders in Ephesus back then is the same warning we need to heed today. This is the same warning that Jesus is giving us today, that we need to pay attention for people who are seeking glory for themselves. people who want this Christian life and this Christian journey to be all about them and not about our King Jesus. So simply stated, a a, a false prophet would be anyone who, who was carrying a message contrary to God's word. Someone who was speaking in contradiction to what God has already said. False prophets can be classified in a couple of different ways. Uh, uh, the, the most prominent type of false prophet that we may think of is, are those who are what we would call heretics. Those who would speak heresy. Uh, those, those, uh, those foundational beliefs of Christendom uh, being challenged and being opposed by an individual. So someone who is speaking heresy would challenge that Jesus is uh, the Son of God, and, and, and they would challenge the deity of Christ, that Jesus was just a man. Anyone who, who would say that Jesus is just an ordinary man is speaking heresy. Anyone who would speak against the inerrancy, the infallibility, and the sufficiency of Scripture would be speaking heresy. Someone who would say that this Bible that we have is only is, is, is only written by man, and, uh, and, 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 and this verse is wrong, and that verse is wrong, or I choose not to believe this verse because it doesn't fit in my worldview. They're speaking heresy. That is a heretic. Someone who would deny our triune God, who is one in essence and three in persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Someone to deny that would be speaking heresy. Or if someone was to say that salvation is not through grace alone, by faith alone, 
but my salvation is based upon my works and my performance. That is heresy because it is speaking contrary to the foundational doctrines of, that Jesus Christ has laid out for us in his scriptures. We're familiar with heretics, those who come on TV or those that uh, we hear say that, that I'm God and you should follow me. Or people who say that I'm Jesus, those are heretics. But not only uh, are false prophets, uh, not only could they be classified as heretics, they could be classified as apostates. An apostate is someone who has turned their back on the faith and walked away. So this may be someone who, who grew up in a Christian home and, 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 and they, have, uh, they have turned their back on everything that God has said. They, they may have uh, uh, changed or, or called themselves converting to another religion. That would be an apostate because now everything they speak is contrary to the word of God. And we have to be careful by, by thinking that when, when, even if it's people we know and love, it, when they leave the faith, we can't believe what they're saying about God's word because they have turned their back on Jesus. They've become false prophets. But the one that is actually, I believe, more harmful and more difficult to discern is those false prophets who comes in as uh, deceivers, the very ones that, as Jesus says, the one who comes in, who, who, who come in in sheep's clothing. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen says, for such men are false prophets, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. There are individuals who will come in to the body of Christ, the community of faith, or uh, rise up even within the community of faith, but they are deceitful workmen, only focusing on what they can get out of it. The deception of these false prophets is, um, is that they look the part. That's, that's what makes it, it makes it so hard to, 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 to point them out or to pick them out, because they, they, they look like a a Christian. They, they talk like a Christian. They may even dress and in some ways even act like a Christian. They look like one of us. So it's hard to, to figure out who they are because they're, they're, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. In verse 14 of that text in 2 Corinthians 11, this is what Paul, uh, Paul says, they, they come as angels of light, just like Satan. They look like they're part of the community of faith. They, they're, they're so hard to recognize. That's, the, that's the, the, the deception. They look like one of us, but then the danger of false prophets is that they are deadly. Inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. They're, they're looking for someone to devour. They're, they're looking for someone to, to play their game on. They're looking for someone to con, and they are more than willing to, to gather a, a group of people to follow them instead of Jesus. Well, how do they do that? They do it by a number of ways in, in Jeremiah 6.14. One of the ways they, they deceive people is making them think that everything is all good. In Jeremiah, the sixth chapter, in the 14th verse, well, beginning with the 13th verse, for, 
for from the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. Now, here it is, the key in verse 14. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. So one of the ways that these false prophets come in and deceive the people of God is by saying, everything is all right. Your, 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 your sin is okay. God is not angry at, about your sin. You can just do your own thing. They come in and they say things. Well, God knows your heart. And they make it seems like you can live however you want to live and still be at shalom, peace with God. They say, peace, peace, where there is no peace. We have to be careful with, with people who saying that you don't have to be made right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. But then also, we see in, in, in Timothy, 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, not only do we have to pay attention to those speaking peace, we have to pay attention to those who only teach what we want to hear. In 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 4, Paul writes, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Watch this in verse 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to, to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Paul is saying, false prophets comfort you by saying everything is all good, but then they also comfort you by allowing you to do your own thing, and they will preach exactly what you want to hear. But lastly, I want to show you in Jude, Jude verse 4. They claim peace. They teach what the masses want to hear. But in Jude 1 and 4, it says, For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. They come in and they preach a message that you don't have to be holy, that you don't have to obey Jesus, that, that you can come to Jesus just, just as you are and stay as you are. You don't really have to surrender and submit your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior. As your master, you can still be your own boss and do your own thing. And, 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 and when we hear people preaching and teaching this, whether it's in a church, on a platform, on a TV, on a talk show, or just out in the masses, when people are preaching that you can still do whatever you want to do and serve God, they are false prophets preaching a dangerous message. 
But what's crazy about false prophets is the most dangerous thing about them is not even what they say. The most dangerous thing about a false prophet is the fact that they don't say everything. They don't say anything that would disturb or, or make you feel uncomfortable. They, they go around smiling all the time, and they, and they say you can live your best life right now, and they say that there's no mention of sin, there's no mention of sanctification. There's no mention of heaven. No, there's only mention of heaven. There's never mention of hell. They don't emphasize the utter sinfulness of sin and how horrible it is to a, to a, to a, a holy and righteous God. They deny the fact that we need the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ to make us whole. And there's no emphasis on repentance. What, what makes a false prophet so dangerous is that they leave out a piece that really matters the most. They leave out the fact that we are sinners in need of a Savior, and that only Savior is Jesus Christ. But Jesus, he gives us a clue on how to point out these false teachers, to, to how to know who they are. And, he, and he, he goes on to say, in verse 16, you will recognize them by their fruits. We know from Scripture, fruits is the evidence of uh, the salvific work in your own life in Galatians Paul talks about the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, uh, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness. He, the, these, these manifestations of godly character that comes because you belong to Jesus. What, what, what he's saying is because they do not have the Holy Spirit within them, their life will not manifest uh, holy or divine fruit. You will be able to tell by their life who they really follow. As a matter of fact, him saying, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The fact that their words are empty. Uh, you, you can't receive grapes from thorn bushes. You can't receive figs, things that would be nutritious, things that would be a blessing and benefit. You can't get those things from a false prophet. The only, you will not be able to eat a nutritious meal from a false prophet. You may be able to have all the twigs and all the Snickers and all the candy uh, that you want from a false prophet, but you would never get anything that would stick to your bones, that would keep you until the day when we see our Savior face to face. A false prophet will, will only talk about things that, 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 that make you feel, uh, that fulfill the right now. Money and beauty and wealth and uh, prosperity, those, those things that are so temporal. But a true prophet will always talk about the work of Jesus Christ and the fact that he loves you so much he laid down his life. Their work is rotten. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but diseased trees bear bad fruit. So, so, so there is a, a fruit that will be hanging off of a false prophet's life. However, when you take and bite into that fruit, you just see how disgusting and nasty and rotten it is. Like biting into an apple with a bruise and finding out that it's just full of worms. 
That is the food of a false prophet. But the way that we recognize a false prophet is, is we can simply ask the question, is there life and teachings marked by love of God and love of neighbor? Or is there teachings marked by a love of money, a love of power, or a love of celebrity? you will recognize them by their fruits. But, but notice the trajectory of these false prophets. Beware of false prophets. Why? Why, why Jesus? Because they, they, they will not only lead you into unrighteousness, uh, into that way of living, but those who follow them will fall them into eternal damnation. He says in verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit. It doesn't say just a fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. The false prophet is headed towards eternal damnation because instead of honoring Jesus as Lord, they place themselves in the position of being God. And instead of pointing people to the Savior, they point people to themselves. They point people to their pockets. They point people to their bank account. They point people to to their church in order to talk about the numbers that they have. False prophets always think about themselves. The ministry is about themselves. And Jesus is saying, beware. But beloved, And Jesus is warning. Not only is he saying beware of false prophets because of what they do, but beware of false prophets because of who they can turn you into. Because if we listen to false prophets enough, if we watch false prophets enough, if we don't don't listen to Jesus, but we listen to these false teachers, all of the sudden, Instead of being followers, we become those false prophets. And we begin to uh, perpetuate and and promulgate uh, these these false truths of you need to live your best life right now. God didn't say that marriage is only to be between a man and a woman. God didn't say that you should uh, abstain from sexual immorality. God didn't say, and God didn't say, and all of a sudden, we become just like that fork-toothed serpent in the garden, and we begin to say, did God say? And beloved, Jesus' warning is, just like the false prophets, if we become just like them and we begin to speak these, these, these uh, traditions of the world rather than the the, the word of God, then we will be bearing bad fruit and we will be cast off into eternity in hell apart from Jesus Christ. Beloved, my plan was to take both of these paragraphs, but I'm going to leave it there today. And what I really want you to focus on, to, to really think about, I, I want to challenge you is, ha, have you been following a false prophet? 
Who is it that you listen to the most? They may not be preaching the word of God, but everyone is preaching something. What are you listening to and how is that leading you in this life? Is what you're watching, listening to, your friends, are, are those things helping you to grow in godliness? Or is it pretty much leading you in the wide, easy way with the rest of the world? Have you mistakenly become a heretic by speaking things that are completely contrary to the word of God? Have you become an apostate? You, you, you may be an undercover apostate. You, you, you say you believe in God and you say that you're part of the church and you say you will be a Christian, but nothing in your life reflects that. As a matter of fact, your entire life is set up contrary to the word of God. Have you become an apostate or, or maybe you become a deceiver where you begin to use God's word to get what you want, to draw a following to yourself, to make yourself look good? Have you become a false prophet? By God's grace, he, he takes that which is broken, and he is able to fix it up and clean it up. And today, if, if, if you find yourself more concerned about what the world says over what God says, then maybe, just maybe, you are headed to an eternity separated from the goodness of God in hell because you are under the influence of the wrong teacher. But Jesus says to you even today, he says, come to me and take my yoke upon you, for I am easy. Jesus is saying, even if you have been following a false prophet, you can truly turn through repentance and faith and follow the true prophet, Jesus Christ, and be saved. Well, how can you be saved? Simply salvation comes through repentance and faith. The coin of salvation on one side is repentance, on the other side is faith. Repentance is simply turning from, turning away from, living for yourself, and turning towards Jesus Christ to live for him. And it's by faith. It's, it's Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to uh, have the power. I don't know how I'm going to change, but you can change me because, uh, because just as you got up from the grave uh, by the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit, you will indwell me with your Holy Spirit and you will change me from the inside out. That is how you become a follower of the one true prophet, Jesus the Christ. So today, I just want to finish with don't be fooled by false prophets, but be a follower of Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word, for the power that comes from your word. I pray that you would give us insight and clarity and that we will begin to examine all that comes through our peripherals all the content that we're consuming with our eyes and all the content we're consuming with our ears and all those we look up to. Father, help us to be like 
those in the scripture who didn't just hear your word, but examine your word to make sure what was being said is true. Father, thank you for the privilege for opening up our eyes to your truth and for allowing us to depend upon you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. So, beloved, how should you respond to Jesus' word today? Who will you choose to be your teacher? Will you choose to listen and obey Jesus? Or will you choose to listen and obey this word? I encourage you to examine yourself, to see where you are. And if there's never been a moment where you've repented of your sin and trusted Jesus for salvation, you could do so even today. You can pray a prayer like this. Lord, please forgive me, for I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Would you please uh, come into my life and change me from the inside out and help me to be faithful to Jesus Christ, who died, who was raised, and who lives right now. If you pray something like that, or if uh, the Lord has drawn you to be a part of Forest Baptist Church, uh, even now on our website, we have a visitor's form. And if you go and, and, and choose that visitor's form, you can uh, submit to us what the Lord has been doing in your life. Uh, you can request prayer. You can request a follow-up for salvation. Or you can request to be a member of Forest Baptist Church. Again, that visitor form is on our website. Uh, but maybe you're here, you're part of the Forest Baptist Church family. Maybe you are already a Christian and you, and you, you haven't been uh, weary, uh, wary of, of, of who you're listening to who you're paying attention to. Or maybe it's the fact that uh, you haven't been diligently studying and pursuing God through his word, so you, you don't even know if what you believe is true. I encourage you today to repent, to turn towards Jesus Christ, to pour yourself over his word in order that you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that on judgment day, that you would indeed be granted entry because of the finished and complete work of Jesus Christ. How will you follow Jesus today? Well, beloved, indeed, we'll finish part two next week, but it was a pleasure to be with you this morning. I pray that uh, God's grace will continue to be upon you as you go about your week this week. And again, continue to invite your family, friends, and loved ones to be a part of this worship service. And again, if you are out there and the Lord is drawing you to make a decision, Check our website, choose the visitor's form, and we can help you along this journey. If you would at this time, grab your neighbor by the hand and repeat after me. But my God shall supply all of your needs, all of my needs, according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. In him we live, shake your neighbor and say we move and have our being, for we walk by faith and not by sight. For greater is he that is in you, that is in me, than he that is in the world. For God is with us, and no one can be against us. For what I say unto one, I say unto all, watch Look and pray and give someone a holy hug. We are dismissed. God bless you.